Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. Father, we just thank You for the work You've done in our hearts. In a sense that even in that, yeah, God's just been doing a bit of work, including in me and Father, we thank You for that. We acknowledge, Lord, that stuff has shifted. Lord, there's been exchanges. There's, Father, been vision that's been put in hearts and minds tonight, Lord. Father, there's eyes that have been lifted above situations and circumstances. Father, we just bless the work that You've done in our hearts right now, Jesus. We acknowledge it, Father, and we're grateful for it. Good Father. Amen. Amen. When you have just, you're welcome to grab a seat if you don't want to sit on the ground, but you're also welcome to just sit down. Man, I love that bridge. Take me places where there's no borders, where there's no limitations. (laughs) And I love the very next chorus of that is, and keep my eyes above the waves because it's in that place of complete abandon, complete vulnerability, complete openness. It's unbridled with fear, but we have to keep our eyes locked on Jesus. Amen. It's the key to everything. It's a It's the anchor for our hearts. It's the anchor for our lives is not getting so stuck in life and so stuck in our situations, so stuck in our own emotions, which we all have a tendency to do, but keeping our eyes just so anchored into Jesus. We're gonna talk a little bit about forgiveness. We're in this new series tonight. And last week um, we talked about, I shared about, Um, In John, the time that Jesus had with His disciples, explaining to them, explaining to His 12 closest friends that He was about to leave and what was about to happen. And as He explained it to them saying, I'm not going to be with you, a deep sadness, a deep grief filled their heart, a, a deep sorrow welled up within them as you would if that person you'd so deeply connected with and had completely changed your life. All of the disciples received deep emotional healing when they were with Jesus. They received the identity of the Father like it was a deep and a significant and a powerful work that had bonded them with Christ. They were prepared to completely lay down their life for Him without any question or any thought. They would go all all in for Jesus. And then he, he begins this conversation with him when he's saying, I'm about to leave. And that deep sorrow and that deep grief begins to fill their heart of the separation that they they predicting that they're going to experience. But it's beautiful because Christ, as always, He sees our hearts and He never disciplines us, but He explains to us the truth of our own heart and the truth of what is really good for us because He's a good Father. And He says to them, I know you're feeling like this. I know this seems like the most unbearable grief, the most unbearable separation that you're going to experience. But I want you to know I'm doing this because there's someone who's greater than me to come. And it's the Holy Spirit. 
And he began to share with them who the Holy Spirit was and how he was going to inhabit their heart and their mind and the work that he was going to do in their life. And he says, it's still going to be tough. When I leave, it's going to be tough. But you're going to see that when I leave, the comforter, the Holy Spirit is going to come, the revealer of truth, and joy is going to grow in your heart. All of these um, delight is going to grow. He says your joy will be, your sadness will be turned to joy. Your grief, your mourning will be turned to delight when you receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the side of the cross that we live on. We live on the side of the cross where Jesus' death purchased for us the Holy Spirit. And it's a great reminder to us that even when in a conversation between the disciples and Jesus, they said, being with you is the best thing. He said, it's not. Being with the Holy Spirit is far superior. So we're living in the fullness and in the absolute sovereignty, the best possible gift that God could give us. And He's here right now. He's not just like a presence, He's a person and a person that carries a presence with Him. He's the Holy Spirit. He fills us. He never leaves us nor forsake us. It doesn't matter where we go, how far we go from God, how close we are to Him. He is always with us. All that changes is our ability to engage with Him. In fact, I just um, was standing in front of Ryan and I um, kept feeling this breeze coming over me. And I was like, oh, what is that? And I'm, you know, so you do looking around, seeing what it was, if it's the fans. But then Holy Spirit said, this is me. And I'm just, I'm so encircling your life. He's so busy. You've so attracted the Holy Spirit. He's so... All go in your life, Ryan. It's so wonderful. And I can feel that. I can feel His presence. I can feel that, not the hustle and the bustle like the world knows, but the, the busyness of the Holy Spirit, the depth, because when He visits us, He's full of intentions. He's full of desires. It says in the Word that His Spirit broods over us. So when He comes and encounters you, He is so much for us. He's not just standing there, waiting for you to do something. He's just busy working in your life, moving things around, shifting things, healing things, changing mindsets. So Jesus tells His disciples, I've got to go so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. And the point that had to happen for the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit was Jesus' death and His resurrection. His resurrection proved that He was the eternal sovereign God. And it proves to us so we can have full confidence that we will, the same as Him, the rise from the grave, our spirit will be in eternity. But the cross and the work of the cross, the forgiveness of the cross, the forgiveness of our sins, His blood that was shed that day was what needed to happen so that we could receive the Holy Spirit. And it needed to happen for a, for a couple of very significant reasons. But one of the significant reasons is that Christ's blood atoned for our sins so that we could enter into um, wholeness. We could enter into purity to receive the Holy Spirit. Without the cross, we were full of sin. 
we had to, you know, and we read in the patriarchs and we read through the Word, they were for, their whole lifestyle was built around atoning for their sin so that they could receive all that God had for them. They could engage with Him and hear His voice. Their whole world was built around the traditions and the laws of atonement. And when Christ came, it says He abolished the law and He just gave us as a free gift, the forgiveness of sins. And the forgiveness of our sins got rid of the separation between us and God so we could receive His Holy Spirit. Now you don't have to work for forgiveness, it's a free gift. And most of the time people would rather work for forgiveness than they would receive forgiveness. There's something about us, the condition of humanity that feels like in a lot of situations, we want to earn our forgiveness. We want to right our wrongs. And in a lot of ways, sometimes we even wanna punish ourselves for what we've done because we feel like we're not deserving. It is difficult for us to fully engage with the gift of forgiveness and to see ourselves completely rid of everything we've done that is not holy and is not of God. But the cross is that forgiveness. It's God's unconditional love for us is what propelled Him to the cross. And hanging on the cross, He said, for the joy set before me, I've endured this. And we were His joy. It was us here in this room today. It was for us, for His love for us, that pushed Him through every hardship on the cross because the cross was about forgiveness. His blood that shed from His hands was the atoning sacrifice that brought us the forgiveness of our sins. Forgiveness is a big deal. It is a huge deal in the Kingdom of God. He gave His life for it and endured all sorts of horrendous torture and pain so that we could stand this side of the cross completely forgiven and receive the Holy Spirit. And we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians, Colossians, Corinthians 6.19, don't you realise that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself for God brought you with a high price. So you must honour God with your body. We must honour God with our body. And this physical form that we carry around is a house, it's a temple for His presence to inhabit that nothing can change that. It's ridiculous. It's reckless. God's gift to us is so unconditional. That's why we sing about His reckless love. He did everything so that we wouldn't have to engage the presence far, far yonder, but that His presence, the Holy Spirit, could dwell within us and that our body would become the house, the home of His Spirit. 
That's why we say we got to live from our spirit. We got to live from the inside out because this is where the Holy Spirit is. And yes, we can engage Him on the outside. We can hear His voice, but He permanently dwells within us. And He can dwell within us because of the work of the cross. Because through the cross, we had the purification of our sins through Christ's blood. Amen. In Matthew 26, verse 27, He says to His disciples, And Jesus took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it. He said, Drink my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and His people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. There is no people group on earth. There is no nationality. There is no one person who can separate themselves from the invitation of God's forgiveness and love. And this is the great work of the gospel amongst the world today is wherever you go and you find people, you find creation, you find the gospel message and it's the same message. God loves you and He's gonna wipe out every separation which is sin so that you can receive His Holy Spirit so that you, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, what people group you come from, what your past is, that you can receive this great gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a great revealer of truth. And once we receive Him and we begin to allow Him to live in our life, He gets super busy working in our heart. He's on a mission when He's inside us. Like I said before, he is so ridiculously full of intentions for us. He's not passive. He's not disengaged. He's not your average kind of reality that's got any other agenda other than to bring us into wholeness, to bring our heart back to the truth of what God has created it to be, which is, which is free of sin and free of pain, free of all sorts of things that have entangled us. So He reveals to us the truth of our own heart and how He often gets busy doing that is He reveals things in our heart that are still separating us from God. Now the mercy of God covers us and we can never be separated from His love. But we can be separated from a lot of things in the kingdom because our heart is hard and not able to receive. Plenty of people can still walk into church and not feel His presence because they're full of doubt. They're full of unbelief. They're full of criticism and negative things. And every time the Spirit comes, they just explain Him away. Oh, no, that's just my emotions. That can't be Him. Our emotions are God's gift to us. How else are we supposed to experience Him? It's one of the greatest gifts. Remember, Jesus is alive. His love is not a story that we read or a historical fact, but it's a feeling we engage. That's how we know He's real. So He gets busy doing a work in our hearts so that we can fully engage with all that He is. When we're fully engaged with all that He is, we understand who we are, why we're created and why we've been put here on this earth. It's still a surprise to many of us that our life is not just by random selection or by, you know, 
the product of nature or man coming together with woman. Our life is intentional and breathed in. Even if it doesn't even matter how you were conceived. Like me, I was conceived not intentionally. But that's my physical reality, but it's not God's reality of me, right? And so when we have our heart transformed and we engage with God more, we can see the truth of who we are and why we're here. And it floods us with intention and purpose and deep, deep contentment. We're not here to waste away our years, but we're here to be with Christ and to do a great work for Him. And so the forgiveness is one of the, re- one of the areas in our heart that we have to receive God's forgiveness, but in turn, make sure that we're giving forgiveness. Luke 6, 37 says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now this scripture is often misappropriated in giving because this is, this is kingdom culture, yes, pressed down, shaken together, running over because God is an abundant God. But this scripture, if read in context, comes straight after, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back on you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And the climate of our heart needs to be released from the bitterness that unforgiveness brings so that we can receive all that God has for us, but also so that we can continue to receive the forgiveness of what we do. And so tonight, this, you know, and Mark spoke about it this morning, it's a really serious thing for Jesus. And we just got to trust Him when He says this is a big deal because He knows us, He made us, He understands how the human heart works and how our relationship works with Him. He says we shouldn't even take communion with unforgiveness towards anybody in our heart. And you've got to know tonight, unforgiveness is a journey. It's not a moment. It takes layer upon layer. And the choice to activate forgiveness in your life is all that Christ is looking for. And He works through the layers of pain, the layers of hurt, the layers of injustice, the layers of wrongs, the layers of anger, all of these things. He just gently works His way through these things in our hearts so that we can come to the complete work of forgiveness. And tonight, some of you have started the journey of forgiveness. But God is wanting to reopen that chapter of your life and write some new chapters. 
He wants to continue to peel back the layers of unforgiveness to finish the work that He started in your life. And others of you just need to enter into a trust moment with God that's saying, I'm actually just willing for the first time to go on this journey of forgiveness. And for a lot of us, it's just about forgiving ourselves. Forgiving ourselves for our own regrets and our own disappointments, our own failures. No one knows our own failures more better than ourselves. <laughs> and forgiving ourselves, not holding ourselves ransom to these things. And trusting that as you open that vulnerably, that part of your heart to God and say, I want to learn how to forgive myself, to know that I'm worthy, to know that I'm valuable, to know that I've got a plan, to know that I've got a purpose. He'll just start the journey with you. And, you know, over this next month, as we talk about this, it's 100%, I'm 100% sure that like me, God is going to do the same for you. He's going to bring people up in your life you've got to forgive. Some of them are going to be little things, and some of them are going to be big things. And very often we don't actually know that we're sitting in unforgiveness over particular things until God so gently shines His light on them. So it's going to happen and we're going to have, have this invitation to move into this place of forgiveness. <laughs> and there is a war against our human mind when it comes to forgiveness. Your mind and your soul are gonna tell you, don't forgive, because then that person gets away with injustice. Then that person gets away with wronging you. These are the thoughts your soul and your mind is gonna have. And a lot of people who we are called to forgive do not deserve our forgiveness. Just in the same way that we didn't deserve Christ's forgiveness. And it's gonna be a war and you're gonna to have to push deep. You're gonna to have to dig deep inside of you to say, I'm not listening to that. I'm listening to the voice of God, which says, as I forgive, I am set free. As I forgive, I receive from the Father, pressed down, shaken together. As I forgive, my heart begins to unthaw and unharden. Unforgiveness is like a disease of the heart, causing it to to like clamp down and grow hard. And that's why it's a war because it's painful. Forgiveness has a deep emotion attached to it. You're supposed to feel it. Like Mark said this morning, we're never injured or hurt in our minds, but we're hurt in our hearts. So we're just gonna spend the last couple of minutes of this service just being in God's presence. And I know that all that I've said is what I've said, but I do know this, that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you as He is speaking to me. And we just wanna give our heart and give our mind over to Him to hear what He's got to say and to ask Him where and to show us where He's wanting us to lead. Some of it's gonna be easy and some of it is gonna be deeper inside of us, this forgiveness. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.